Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and welcome to another edition of Marnie's Friends. Excited to have you with us this afternoon, as well as our special guest, Patty Foster of pattyfoster.com. We're going to be doing some media training today, how to make the most of your media moments. And a lot of you have stories or or missions or events or different things that you need to communicate to a broader audience, and this is your training today. So during the next hour, Patty's going to share with us how to speak so your audience will listen how to win hearts and influence actions, the key to becoming a much-loved media guest, the power of being positive and why you must master this position, the one thing that will kill your media momentum, even if you are saying gold, solid gold stuff, the secret of media darlings that you can master by practicing at home, a trick for reducing stress, increasing value, and getting invited back, plus the 10-minute tactic that will totally endear you to producers, interviewers, and hosts. Our guest today, Patty Foster, and you spell Patty, P-A-T-T-I. Patty Foster has traveled extensively as a teacher, speaker, and musician. Since 1990, her focus has been radio. She was the afternoon show host at KVNE and KGLI, and then the morning show host at WFRN, as well as a voice talent in the United States and abroad. Welcome to you, Patty. Thank you, dear Marnie. Great to be here. Well, it is so well, great really to have you, and I've been mm-hmm. I've been looking forward to this hour together. <clears throat> I'm looking so forward to the time, especially Marnie, as you were reading off the points when you touched on that one about reducing stress. I thought, wow, that's connecting with all the listeners in the listening audience right now because everyone <laughs> seems to be overloaded with things to do. Right. Yeah, it is. It's um it is a it's a very busy world and it's critically important that we understand how to balance it so that we can really enjoy it too. I like how in the Bible God says that we're not supposed to just live, just survive. We're supposed to have abundant life and that includes rest and peace and joy and running and all that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well Patty, your background includes a lot of media and um and and I'm excited to kind of pick your brain today and to get out the gold nuggets that you have for us here. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and just dive right in. And the first thing we wanted to talk about was how to speak so your audience will listen. So what are some thoughts that you had about that? Really, in a nutshell, you could say, Marnie, as I was taught years ago when I first started, talk to one listener at a time, whether it be mm-hmm. a a viewer or reader or whomever. Talk as though you're talking to an individual. Build relationship. Pay attention to relationship. In other words, make them feel like you're talking with them one-on-one as though you're in the world and encourage them there, whether, you know, for instance, they're getting up, getting ready for the day or driving the kids to school or picking up the schools or or they're having a hairy day and everything's running behind and the meetings and everything's not as planned. So try to step into the world, imagine your audience, and you be there with them. And in other words, pay attention and try to build that relationship that meets people in the midst of the hurried schedules or whatever may be weighing on them at that moment as they're with you in your presence, or maybe they're listening to you on the radio, or maybe they're listening to you online as they're working. But how your presence and what you say can so make a difference of significance. Hmm. Are there certain words that you use, or how do you actually, you know, I mean, I, I agree with it, and that's how I think, but at the same time, I'm just trying to think about if someone is just thinking of this for the first time to speak to one listener, how do yeah. you actually communicate that as you're verbalizing what is in your heart to say? 
here's an example. For instance, let's say, let's say, like right now, you and I, it's audio, no video. And so, um, just like if you're on the radio, you're behind a mic, and you can't see all of those thousands or millions of listeners. However, you can imagine, imagine that you're talking, like for instance, it's a little after 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. Okay, imagine that some of your listeners are probably in a vehicle, probably picking up kids from schools, running errands, maybe stopping by to get some ice cream uh, and talk with them. If you have a, a break between songs and you've got 30 seconds, then say something of significance that speaks directly to that person. For instance, if you're back trolling a song before an intro of the next one, make it something that's applicable to that body of listeners at that point that's directing toward. Or perhaps maybe it's a nurse. You think of an RN finishing a shift. It's in the mid-afternoon. Somebody else is starting a new shift. Maybe the policeman starting a new shift. Imagine your listeners. Imagine what they're doing. And then respond to them that way. Talk that way. Use few words. Don't be wordy. Be very direct. Write down what you want to say so you don't forget an overlap. Mm. Yeah, that's that really sense? good. That's, yep, that's very helpful. That's very helpful to just mm. put in nuggets that make them know I'm thinking of you. Yeah, yeah. Relate, imagine, be there. Step out of your world. Think. Use it. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and if you're if you're meeting that person, you know, you're, you're one-on-one, or say you're, you're with a, a stadium of people, then imagine what they're bringing to the audience right now, bringing to the moment that they can't speak verbally, and they will not speak verbally, but they've got it in their heart. Then acknowledge it because you're a human. You've been there, someone. In other words, in your mind and in your heart and your attitude, the way I say it, put them on center stage. Serve them as though they're on center stage, not you. And then go toward them that way. Talk with them that way. Listen. Think that way. Step out of my box of comfort and into theirs. Hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. It kind of segues into the next uh, point that you have is to win their hearts and influence them to action. Yes. Yes. I believe very much. It's very huge to me, Marty, to encourage. That's very deep in me hot, uh, to encourage other people. And smiling is very uh, close to me. And I, for instance, when I'm speaking with someone, um, for me, I believe smiling is very important, even in not only in what I say, but how I say it, how the listeners hear it. So if I'm reading something, they're going to hear if I really mean what I'm saying. Or they can also they can also sense if I'm just dramatizing or trying to elaborate and cover up an act, um, which I'm not saying is all bad. I'm not saying that. But I do believe being real, being true, being genuine, being authentic does make a difference. And I believe a smile is very much needed. Even if a word doesn't come out after it, um, sometimes just that smile of the eye that meets another person is in a sense a, a hug the heart that gives them that encouragement that at that moment they need it meets them where they are absolutely I, I can't I cannot agree with you more I remember when I first started doing teleconferences many years ago and yeah. uh, the advice at that point was to put a mirror up in front of you and just mm, smile yes Stay smiling. And when I train staff at our businesses, especially um, our store, we have an intercom system. And I always say never speak into the intercom system unless you are smiling. Just smile and then say, mm. customer service mm. to the front, please, customer service to the front or whatever you have to say. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, there's a huge difference in the in what people hear when you're smiling and when you're not. Oh. I mean, just, they okay, so let's it. just you and I do it. Okay, so okay. here's me talking not smiling, and here's me talking smiling. I mean, it just changes my voice. You try. It, it's uplifting. It's uplifting. It makes me want to hear. It makes me want to lean in. It makes me want to pay attention because it, it, it conveys me how people say. They don't care how much you – they don't know how much you care until they – well, you know what I'm saying. Um, I do. <laughs> <the story. laughs> 
They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And the nonverbal are number one. We may talk about this later, but that is the most powerful. In, in other words, let me say this and I'll be quiet. But even about that morning, I believe in that whole smiling action that we must, we must allow and make and cause our audio to match our video. Let what people mm. hear match what people see. In other words, words and deeds, they've got to go together. Words and actions, they've got to match. We can't be manipulative um, or, or two-faced, as people say, or say one thing and mean another. No, we as believers, for sure, we've got to be true. We've got to be of integrity. You know, a lot of what uh, we're trained to do now is to share stories. And part of the reason that that's so valuable in media and just in communication in general is because the stories are very authentic. Um, We experience stories the way we experience them. And as I tell a story, I would tell it differently. I would, like if you and I, Patty, went through the same, let's say, uh, car accident or maybe more fun, roller coaster ride, we would Mm -hmm. explain it differently. And as Mm -hmm. we explained that experience that we shared together, people understand who you are listening to how you explain things. And that's where this authenticity comes back in again. You are the only one that's going to say what's on your heart like you would say it. There's nobody else yeah. that's going to say it just like that. And that authenticity is really what wiggles into the hearts of people and uh, mm. makes them love you or it maybe hate you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it draws them toward you or repels them from you. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So cool. Well, we're going to take a little break and come right back and talk about the key to becoming a much-loved media guest. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com Include over 24 modules, each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with our guest, Patty Foster of pattyfoster.com. And you spell Patty, P-A-T-T-I, pattyfoster.com. Patty, let's go ahead and talk about the key to becoming a much-loved media guest. So first of all, in your role as a morning show host and an after show, afternoon show host, um, I'm sure that you had guests who just you loved them, and other guests who you're mm. like, okay, we got through that, <laughs> but uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> so let's talk to our listeners today about how to be in that list of I loved her or I loved him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think it very much goes hand in hand with what we've talked about being real. When when I, as the interviewer, was real, or they, as my guest, they were real. There was something that came across to the listeners and even to all of us within the room of a real connection we had to that person because it was almost like they let down the guard of self-protection and and let in a little bit of us to their personal life and to, to express things that they felt or they experienced. And then that made us relate and feel like, oh, we've gone through that too or that's the way it was to us. And when when we felt that, 
personal connection or attachment, if you will, then that made us um, become more kind of endured to the audience and that, that, that love connection, I guess you might even say. So they, in a sense, again, they were able to hear the care. They were able to see the care because you know how it is because when someone's close to us, they can read the way we make them feel. They can read our lives. Like even as people are listening to us right now, they're sensing different things. They can sense different things from our voice, from our voice inflection, um, from what gets our attention and what doesn't. And people pay attention even when they don't understand what they're hearing because it affects them a certain way or makes them feel a certain way. And that has an impact. Hmm. So as you were being a show host um, yourself, and of course I have opinions about this myself being a show host, but um, what were some of the what were some of the things that you watched for in advance before you even booked a guest? What were some of the things that maybe were a red flag to you, like I'm not sure this person's actually going to be able to do a good job, or maybe mm-hmm. some things that were just a big green light, like yes, 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 I have to interview this person. Mm-hmm. Well, I would always do my homework before beforehand and study them or find out wherever I could about them or listen to different different interviews or read things that they had written or journalists had written or interviews had been notated about. And and I would notice if they were if they responded to questions in just those, you know, flat yes and no and they didn't give any, you know, clarity or anything extra, then I thought, oh, that's a rather boring interview. But if if they would give more and include more that of details or, or things that that we as, you know, common people can re- can relate to, I don't mean that rudely, but as just a, a human can relate to, uh, it has a different impact on us. Um, mm-hmm. For instance, like... Um, I was just thinking of different ones. Like like the other day, like I was interviewing different people at Women of Faith, the speakers, as they were wrapping up their um, world tour, their ending it, the love tour and just the wrap-up. Yeah. And so Sandy, Patty, and I were backstage talking, and it was just so real, like two college friends and laughing, and the way we were just kind of giggling and turning, leaning into each other and laughing and saying stuff, and just the different attitudes like that. So it's um, things like that that can make it or break it to make a person more real or less real, more protected or less, um, you'd say, less guarded or less wall of self-protection, if that makes sense, in that kind of a interview setting. It does. And there's two things that are sticking out to me here that you're saying. The first one is the word protected, um, mm-hmm. where you're just very guarded. You're, you're maybe even guarded only because you're nervous, but at the same time, mm-hmm that makes you guarded, <laughs> whereas Very when, you much. Your, when you let your guard down, you let people in, and that's this, this authenticity we're talking about. The other thing I'm hearing is, um, maybe I'll use the word invested, uh, the person is actually engaged. They are happy to be there, happy to be talking, happy to be sharing, happy to be open, happy to be vulnerable, um, and, and actually media is incredibly vulnerable. You are yeah. You are out there. And people will have whatever opinions they're going to have of you that they have. And sure. you don't get to make that choice. They get to mm. make that choice, mm. and you get to have the consequences of it. So it is vulnerable. Is there something that has helped you to maybe get past the fear factor that allows you to be open, vulnerable, invested, unprotected? Well, this may kind of sound off the wall to some of your listeners, but I think for me, it's a blessing to me that I've suffered traumatic brain injury because so much is, if if it's not directly in front of my eyes at that moment, then it really doesn't exist in my mind. In other words, when I am doing something, I can only do one thing at a time. Multitasking is no longer a gift I have. So at that moment, as I'm talking with a particular person or a different or a particular situation or subject, that's all that matters to me at that moment. And I'm very, as you said, I'm very engaged in them. I'm very invested in them. I'm showing them through the passion of my listening because I believe that's a huge medicine and a huge need. Listen, that when someone talks to you and with you, that, that we pay attention not only to what is said, but read their nonverbals. 
how are they saying the word not? Or how are they saying the word yes? Or how are they, what tone of voice are they using when they answer your question? They respond to you. What kind of eye language are they giving you as they respond to you? What kind of body language are they giving? And that makes a big difference to me as I'm doing what I'm doing because I get so focused on what I'm doing that it's almost like the peripheral vision, if you will, doesn't hinder me or get in the way. Yeah, that's so funny. My husband has had a head injury too, Patty. We've talked about this, but that's exactly what he says. He says he says it's so difficult not to be able to multitask, but at the same time, mm. it is a tremendous gift not to be able yeah. to multitask because you actually have to focus on what you're focusing on. Yes, so true, so true. You don't have mm. a lot of choice in that situation. You just don't right. Have to... Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's so mm-hmm. cool. One of the things I was thinking about um, in the arena of being um, open, vulnerable, willing to invest even, um, and, you know, and we've had trainings on here before about mm-hmm. how much to share and what when you shouldn't share something vulnerably. You know, it isn't like you're just supposed to get on the air and just dump everything out there. That isn't what we're saying. But at the same time, to be that open, authentic person, and one of the things that's really helped me to be able to be, I just call it live out loud, is to just recognize that God has already put his stamp of approval on me. And no matter what anybody else says, I already yeah. have the most important stamp of approval. And so I really don't need somebody else to say, oh, you rock or you're the best or I totally agree with you or whatever. <laughs> All I need to do is I need to have God you know, when I yeah. check in with him before I go to sleep at night and say, how was it with me today? And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's mm-hmm. the one I'm looking for. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, other words maybe of criticism or dissension or whatever are difficult to hear for sure for me. I'm such a peacemaker and I hate confrontation. So um, they're difficult mm-hmm. for me to hear. But at the same time, if I'm okay with Jesus, I'm okay. Do you have anything yeah. like that for you where you have a routine or something that helps you to really stay focused on who's the most important critic? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it reminds me of a lot of myself when you're explaining that, that I keep my focus on him. Get, get my eyes, the eyes of my heart, my mind, my brain, what's important to me on mm-hmm. him. And um, like you were saying, but I, I leave the rest to him. I trust him with guarding me. Because even now before I came on, I, I pray certain things over me, um, just like Isaiah, I believe it's Isaiah 52:12, of where he says, um, the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. And, right. and I trust him that he goes before me and behind me, and he protects me, and he guards me. It, very much like uh, Peterson wrote in the translation of the New Testament in Psalm 46, of Jacob wrestling God will fight for you. God of the angel armies will protect you. And I pray those mm-hmm. things over me. And so God protects me because, like you said, I'm, I'm as vulnerable or, you know, able to be hurt by others. Um, but, but I try to give it back to him and go, whoa, God, this is your problem. And um, you lead me, I follow you. And, um, mm-hmm. But to help me to be so in touch with him so that I can, you know, hear the Holy Spirit's voice in me, you know, telling me this is the way. This is the way, or no, Patty, close your mouth now. Say nothing more. And to pay attention right. and, and don't lose focus. Yeah, I love that. Not I love that. that. Easy. I was thinking, mm-hmm. no, right. I was thinking about the vulnerability of being in media too, because some of my books are um, oh, secular in nature, uh, or business. Uh, I'm on all kinds of different stations, and I remember one of my early interviews, I was waiting on hold, listening to the program that was coming before me, and I realized, oh, my goodness, I am on a very crass, um, crude, and rude station. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I was so scared. I was just mm-hmm. pretty sure that they were going to get me on the air and chew me up and spit me out. Yeah. And I remember just praying and saying, God, I am just at your mercy. I mm-hmm. am at your mercy. And mm-hmm. and that interview it was so inter- interesting because Sure, they came on and they were right about right away. They were picking mm-hmm. at you're an at home mom, like you know, and they were just picking oh, yeah. at things. Condescending. But God, yeah, but God allowed them to uncover something that was good in my life that turned their heart. 
And that became one of my favorite interviews because they actually softened and actually could hear me. And I thought, that is what my God can do. And so if you are afraid, just pray. (laughs) Just pray. And, of course, it doesn't always turn out like that. But that was early in my my interviewing career, and I just remember being grateful for that um, little reminder every time (laughs) I get afraid. Run, run to Jesus. He, he's got it, and he can turn a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daddy, yeah, let's talk was, about Denise. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, often he reminds me, in, in my own kind of language, that when I'm nervous or something is really doing a number on me, uh, it's, it's almost like I can hear him in my heart say to me, I've got you, baby girl. I've got you. And it calms uh, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love how personal you hear him like that. Now, I had never heard God say to me, baby girl, but he has other ways that he talks <laughs> to me, and it's very personal. Yes. And I love that mm-hmm. that's how he talks to us. He talks to us in our hearts very personally, his communication mm-hmm. to us. That's so beautiful. Well, let's talk for a couple minutes about the po- the power of being positive and its value. And, you know, having media is a little different than other communication venues in that, a listener actually has the ability to turn the station away without you knowing that they did it. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if you're if you're teaching in front of a group or giving a sermonette or whatever you're doing, you mm-hmm. your audience pretty much sits there. It's mm-hmm. going to take quite a lot for you to offend them to the point where they stand up and walk out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> different with radio, different with TV. Why is this positivity thing so critical? Well, I think even one thing these days, because we're so inundated with with negative attitudes or ways or anything, uh, very the negativity is very thick these days, or the sarcasm or being cynical, um, and so many things under underwriting or undergirding things that are on that unhealthy side to pull us down or to make us doubt or, um, you know, self, self-guess self ourselves and stuff like, things like that. So one thing that's very strong to me, even as you were talking to me and asking me about this power of being positive thing, vitamin B12 came to me and I thought, oh, how important it is to me to give encouragement to people because I say it's much like vitamin B12 because it gives strength to ye hot. And how we need strength in our deep places. Because, I mean, you know how it is, Marnie. We can look very good and together on the outside. Everything in place, and um, or we think so, or we want to, or we attempt to. But on the inside, often in the heart, in the roots, where things begin, that's that's where the problem is. The roots are there. And that's often where we need the most positive encouragement to give us hope, to keep trying and not to give up because so many things shoot us down and knock us down and cut us down. And just like you talked about, kind of that feeling like they were going to be so rude and crude and crass and just slice you into small pieces and enjoy it. But yet God gave you favor and he blessed you. And that has become one of your favorite interview times. Um, that's what I want it to be like when, I, when I'm with someone to, to have such um, – what I say, the power of presence. I believe the power mm-hmm. of presence is an incredible gift that we can give to others. As I said earlier, if we can just listen, what an incredible medicine that can be. Uh, just to listen and pay attention, really listen. Don't just be quiet, but pay attention. Remember what is being said. Or write it down if we need to. Take a note if we need to. But but give that, that vitamin B12, that that strength to the heart of that person to give them a reason to keep going. In fact, it reminds me of a verse that I was just reading. I was hanging out with the youth, and um, we were reading the message translation. It's Psalm 31, verse 24, and Peterson translated it this way. Be brave. Be strong. Don't give up. And, boy, do I cheer people on because I'll often say to people, I am in your balcony cheering you on. I'm that wild woman way up there. Look in your balcony. <laughs> she's that one. Yeah, she's at the very front. You you think she's going to fall over because she's so yelling and screaming and cheering you on. 
Um, that <laughs> is me. I am not giving up for you. I am in your balcony. Mm. Mm. And mm. I think we need that. Mm. Daddy, who was who was that who was that for you when you were going through mm. your the aftermath of your brain injury? Oh wow. All all my family, my parents, my brother and 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 listeners around this country, around the world that were praying and always there. Incredible, Marnie, the way that, yes, they're physically, but they're incredibly with email, with cards, um, Mm. calls, and and just always there, always encouraging my family to not give up, always being there. Um, Like for me personally, even before the wreck, my aunt, one of my aunts, she was like another mother to me, incredible. And such a God follower, such a believer, so real as we've been talking. And then, number one, Corey Ten Boom. She's not alive. I've never met her. But I so look forward to meeting Corey Ten Boom when I'm in heaven. <laughs> well, she, she actually housed the Jews. She and all of her family there in the Bay Area, there in Holland. But it's amazing how, you know, God has put different things in me to help me even, like you mentioned, the wreck and learning to live again from the coma and how he used things from years ago. But he had planted those inside of my heart because he knew I would need that strength when I was fighting to learn to live again. And he helped me through mm-hmm. that. He helped to give me that, that, that vitamin B12 through my IV tube, you know, connected with him to keep trying. Don't give up. It is a fight. It does take perseverance. And he gave me people to encourage me, to touch me, to love me, um, to be kind to me when they touched me, be kind to me when they leaned in and talked with me. And I couldn't hear or really understand things, but they didn't take it personally. They kept coming toward me. That was huge. Mm. Beautiful. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Patty Foster. Her website is pattyfoster.com. You spell Patty, P-A-T-T-I, pattyfoster.com. We're going to come back, Patty, and talk about the one thing that can really kill a media momentum moment and also the secret of media darlings that anybody can master by practicing at home. And I'd like when we come back for you to also share just a little bit more about your story. So we'll be right back. A college diploma can double your income potential, but take three to five years, over $30,000 to acquire. If you have six hours, yep, just six hours, you can increase your earning potential, success rate, and delight in life. Check out the Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com. Even just one aha moment can change the direction of your life and future. Look into the Success Principles Intensive Coach Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com under the training tab. Do you lead a women's Bible study or know someone who does? Check out BibleStudyExpo.com. That's www.BibleStudyExpo.com. Here you'll meet the authors of the most recently released Bible study books for women. You'll meet Liz Curtis Higgs, Lisa Bevere, Pam Farrell, Elisa Morgan, and dozens of other Bible study book authors. Each author is given 15 minutes to share the story behind her book, her ideal audience, and a little bit about the study's format so you can decide which Bible studies you want to introduce next. It's all available to you free and online at www.biblestudyexpo.com. That's www.biblestudyexpo.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with our guest, Patty Foster of pattyfoster.com. And uh, we're talking about some media training, how to make the most of your media moments. Patty, um, before the break, you were talking a little bit about your head injury, but maybe let's just have you share for a few minutes about what happened there and and, um, just you know, very the the short version, of course. But um, mm-hmm. but just for curiosity, I know people are curious now. How did you have a hand injury? When was it? Uh, just give us a little bit of the background there. Sure, it was about 13 years ago, June 18, 2002. Uh, I had just moved back from Michigan and Indiana within that year, and so four of us were in a red Tahoe on our way to our last Bible study meeting before taking a summer break. This was down in Texas, so you're looking at triple-digit weather at that point, over 100 degrees. It was in the evening, about 6.45. I had bought flowers for all the ladies in the Bible study. We had completely stopped at a red-light intersection. All lanes of traffic were full. 
I was sitting behind the driver. We all had our seatbelts on. Um, the two in front had just gotten back from uh, New York City the night before. One of them was a senior, had graduated from high school, was going to Texas A&M, medical student, and the driver was one of the chaperones on the trip. So we totally stopped. I had taken off my seatbelt and turned to check on the flowers when, bam, the impact happened. A semi, like a tractor-trailer rig, pulling a trailer full of cars, barreling down the highway at 70 miles per hour, plowed into the back of our Tahoe. So you could see the way I'm turned. It ejected my body out of the back opposite side of the Tahoe. And the right side of my head and face then impacted that thick window and the, the metal frame of the body first. And then through it, it just began ripping off my flesh and eye and everything else. And eyewitnesses said that when I came out, my body went up into the air. And they said, Patty, it was very much like the hands of God suspended you in the air above that very SUV that you had just been ejected out of. They said when it stopped spinning, then down to the ground, your body went. And I skidded some three-story across the highway and stopped in the lane of traffic. Um, apparently, long story short, when the EMS arrived, no pulse to be found, white sheet pulled over me, assuming I was dead. Mm. Some of the eyewitnesses gathered around me to shield me from the sun, and some even began praying, not knowing who I was. And one of them heard a gurgling noise coming from beneath the white sheet. That's when they contacted the life light who landed, and my body fell into a coma as the flight medic and the flight nurse were attempting me, attempting to put me onto the helicopter. Uh, for six weeks, I was in a coma. I have no memories of that here. And I began waking up from the coma when I was in Baylor Rehab, downtown Dallas, about seven to ten days um, after I'd been moved there. So over six weeks of um, what I say, uh, being a living dead person, but apparently, obviously, God had more plans for me and to continue on, as I say, the adventure continues. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know that that was such a, that was very, very fast to tell us something so <laughs> traumatic. And you, of course, didn't get one moment to talk about all of the long, <laughs> long yeah. journey to recovery that came after that. And I'm just so uh, ha- proud of you, happy for you, grateful to God for you that you are here, that you are doing this, that you are willing to um, just get right back in the saddle and keep going. And and um, just Amen. so grateful to God, so grateful. Well, I, I don't want to um, diminish your story at all. And if people go over to pattyfoster.com, uh, there's a lot more about you over there. And I encourage you guys to go check that out, P-A-T-T-I-F-O-S-T-E-R.com. All right, Patty, let's go ahead and get back to um, the one thing that can kill media momentum, even if the guest is saying something that's rock solid, that's just gold. What is something that can really... Uh, Cause the host or the listeners to just mm-hmm. if we're not clear, I'm sure there are a lot more than that, but that's one of the priorities to me is simply be clear. In other words, enunciate, open your mouth, use consonants. This is something the doctors said I would never do again. They said I would never speak. Mm. Uh, I would never speak in complete mm. sentences. Uh, and now I work so hard. And plus, you know, having been uh, a music major, I was a vocalist, a mezzo-soprano, and I thought I was going into that kind of music, but God totally changed my avenues in different ways and, and added radio into my, you know, being a music ed- educator and so forth. However, comma, enunciating is so incredibly important, regardless of which language it is. Open our mouth. In other words, I say it like this. Don't let your teeth kiss. Open your mouth. Use consonants. Enunciate. Make it clear. Don't be lazy. Uh, use what we've been given. And, and try not to be too fast nor too slow, but so that a person can connect with you and have some um, thing that they relate to that you've said or how you've said it, because that clarity can really cause a person to want to keep listening 
Or if it's too difficult to understand you, they'll say, ah, you're a waste of my time. I have better things to do. And then they'll change the the key or change the the tab or wherever they are at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's uh it is so true that if I can't understand you, it makes it very difficult for me to appreciate what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And and all the devices we have these days like the the cell phones and and all the different technical gadgets that can help us, sometimes the signal's great, sometimes it's not. So you have to work a little harder to be clear or to be heard. Mm. Mm. What is a secret that can help um, that can help any of us to get closer to being that media darling? And maybe let's pause for a moment and just define media darling. A media darling to me is the guest I have on, and after I hang up the phone, after I'm done with the show, I go, wow. <laughs> I, all I want to do mm-hmm. is have more time with that person. Mm-hmm. What about for you, Patty? What, what defines a media darling for you? Really, it's very much similar to that. I feel connected. I feel mm-hmm. on the same page. I feel like, ah, I get it. I get it. Mm. Like in common. Yeah. Yes. Right. And that there's enough depth there that we could keep plumbing the depths for quite a while. Like we haven't oh, used yeah. up everything this person has to say. Exactly. <laughs> that there's like just, I want to pick the brain it. a little longer. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, but there is more people. in there. Like different people that I've been with that I just wanted to, uh, almost like if they could unzip their heart, let me climb in for a little while and just soak up. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a, that's yeah. a fun that's because, a fun picture. Yeah. Okay, can, so so yeah, exactly. So what are some things that um, we can do, like practice to help us become more of that person? I, I believe even similar to what you said about the mirror being in front of the mirror to check your nonverbals, to check your smiling, well, do that. Get a, get alone, close the door in the bathroom where no one can get in your business or maybe hopefully not even be able to hear you and, and, and talk to yourself in the mirror as though you're interviewing someone uh, because I believe that we really need to utilize nonverbal communication, to utilize, um, in other words, our eyes, our touch, our facial expression, our tone of voice, our gestures, maybe our speed of speech, or maybe our walking gait, how we stand or sit or how we prop our our chins up on our hands or whatever the nonverbal communication may be. I believe we need to utilize that, and that can communicate your attitude toward the listeners, toward the person interviewing you, um, toward the people working behind the scene, producers, whomever, and, and it, it makes a difference. It makes an impact. Something stands out. Um, you know, it, like out on our iPhones, some some people like, well, I won't say a lot of things, but nonetheless, people do Snapchat or Instagram and different things. Well, practice on that. You can make different faces and, and, and check yourself out to see how are you doing. Uh, record yourself on your phone and do a mock interview. And watch yourself, listen to yourself, and then kind of critique yourself in those areas. Like, how am I doing with my tone of voice? How am I doing doing with my facial expression? If someone zooms up on me, what are they going to see in my eyes? Will they see that I really mean what I'm saying? Or do I look like I'm just going through the motions? In fact, Marnie, a couple years after my wreck, a couple years after I had begun learning to live again, the Lord gave me this question, or this question came to my mind, however you want to say it, in my heart. Does your life say when your mouth is not moving? I believe hmm. that speaks volume. It either, what we said earlier, draws people to us or whoom, pushes them away. But what your life say is the most important. What your life says is the most important. When your mouth is not moving because that even gives more hmm, strength or 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 vitals to what you're saying of where you're coming from or why you're saying it, the impact behind it. But I do believe that practice is important. So have a goal. Step out of the box. Just try and, and get personal and get one-on-one time with yourself 
to try and see how things come across and how things might possibly impact the listener. I love that. And and one of the things that I learned first with writing was I would write a sample like introduction and then I would read uh, one mm. that was like a, a bestseller in the same genre, read one, mm-hmm. and then I would go back and read mine and go, oh, my goodness. And then I would just try, just scratch my whole first one, write again. And, you know, and you can do the same thing with media. You can listen to um, a top-rated interview show or whatever that you're going to be on, you can listen to it in advance and you can hear what they are doing that you're not doing. And you can't do that unless you have actually listened to yourself because we can't, we can't really get that much clarity until we purposely look at it that way, like through an outsider's um, perspective. Yeah, so true. I love it. So true. Love it, love it. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg visiting today with Patty Foster of pattyfoster.com. That's P-A-T-T-I, foster.com. We're going to come right back and talk about a trick for reducing your stress, increasing the value that you give, and getting invited back. We'll be right back. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg and our guest today, Patty Foster, sharing with us how to make the most of your media moments. And you can learn more about her over at her website, pattyfoster.com, P-A-T-T-I, foster.com. Patty, let's talk about a trick that you can teach us for reducing stress, increasing value, and getting invited back. Mm-hmm. It's a Patty, um, for some reason we lost that part that just got a little garbled there. Can you start again? Sure. There we go. Very common. Well, I'm not sure if um, Patty's... uh, Cell phone reception is getting interfered with here, or I'm, we're just okay. missing it. Um, Patty, can you just say hi again here? Hello, can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Okay, I can hear you. There, we can hear you now. Okay, let's start okay. again. What's your What's your oh. trick? <laughs> okay, here. <laughs> okay, the trick I have maybe is rather common to some people. Uh, once you hear it, only five words. Listen well and pay attention. I believe that's incredibly needed, that we must stay alert, because it seems like in society today, wherever we may be, there is an overstimulation that we have. So many different things to stimulate our brain and do this and do that, all at the same time, and all the people demanding attention and, and the time deadlines that are on us. But how important to be to redu- reduce the stress to increase value, to get invited back, is simply listen well. Listen well to what is said and how it's said, the nonverbals. Pay attention to the nonverbals 
And don't forget those things. Take notes. Write them down. Do your homework. Google it. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Notice uh, the nonverbals. In other words, something I also I didn't say earlier, uh, Marnie, is some numbers. Nonverbal communication makes up 93% of communication. That means that verbal communication, all the nouns, pronouns, 25-cent words we say, that makes up only 7% of communication. So I believe that we so need to listen well to nonverbals. We need to pay attention to nonverbals and acknowledge it, move from there, include that, involve that, take notes, and take the action that's needed. Hmm. Yeah, it's really uh, so helpful to be able to be in the moment. That's one of the, well, I'm I'm such a multitasker, and it is difficult. Like mm-hmm. for my husband, he was a very much of a multitasker too, and it's mm-hmm. very hard for him to release um, all that he used to get done um, as a yeah. multitasker to be now a single-focused um, tasker. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I've liked about the recent, uh, the recent information that's come out is that you can't really Actually, we can't multitask. We're actually doing one task mm-hmm. at a time. And people, and I always say I'm a fast switcher. That's that's one of the gifts I have. I can juggle many things and just go between back and forth very quickly with clarity and distinction. But that's not, I was talking to uh, somebody at the till the other day. I was checking her out and she was talking about how, you know, she was trying to be a piano teacher as well as work at the newspaper. And it was just too hard for her. She just had to pick one or the other because she couldn't go back and forth that much. It was just too difficult for her. Whereas I was telling her, for me, that's exactly what I need. I, I actually need to have a lot of balls um, in the air. And I, that's what when I function best is when I'm multitasking in that way. So we're built differently from each other. But the key factor, no matter which way you're built, is that wherever you are, that's where you are. <laughs> you're 100% mm-hmm. doing what you're doing right now. And even though there's a lot of other things in your life or not, whatever, this is what you're focusing on right now. And we can feel that when somebody isn't with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you can read that. You can read their nonverbals. You can read how they respond or don't respond. Or you can watch their eyes. Or if you're just listening, you can hear the tone of voice. You can hear the breath. You can hear the sign. You can hear these things. If we could just simply acknowledge it, you know, pay attention to it or point it out or respond to it. One of the fun phrases that I've heard while I've been being interviewed and that I've used while interviewing others that kind of is the picture of this to me is the phrase, there is a story there. <laughs> when someone is telling you something and you realize just in, in the nonverbals, you realize there's more to this than uh, the person is saying. In fact, that just happened to us just a little bit ago, um, right yes. before the break. You had been talking about your brain injury, and it's like, oh, no, 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 we cannot just yeah. keep going. We have to hear, we have to hear more <laughs> of the story. You know, and that's really, that's, really the key, that's really the key to listening, to hear what's yeah. more there, because oftentimes it is in the more, in the hidden information, in the yes. hidden story, that the gold truly lies. Yes, because I believe it, Marnie. For me, this is me, through the head injury that I had, the severe traumatic brain injury, that to me I consider it a gift because it's taught me more of what matters and how there are so mm-hmm. many small things that that we would ignore and I would ignore before the wreck. And now mm-hmm. since, I've, since I've been dead and I've had to learn to live again, mm-hmm. I, I don't take things for granted that, I do pay attention to the small things because now my motto since waking up from the coma and learning to live again is MAD now, M-A-D now. Make a difference now because we never know how many moments we have left. Forget who we are, how old we are. I just have one word. So do what we can (laughs) at this moment. Um, And we're so busy. So I'm, okay, write a note on post-it notes. I keep them in, in, in business. There, my short-term memory. That's where I write everything down, mm-hmm. and in my journal. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. You're the first person that's ever said to me face to face since I've been dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a great common thing. <laughs> it's not the most common thing you hear every day. That's the story. 
Bye-bye.